0: This is a 980 CKNW podcast. You are live with the App Show. Mike Agarbo here. I've uh, got uh, my fellow app nerds, Graham Williams, John Beeler. We've got a cool show today. We're going to be covering a a few uh, interesting things. Uh, Later on, we'll be talking about the top apps of the year. What were the hot apps? We'll we'll give you that uh, rundown. Uh, Also, Google versus DuckDuckGo. If you're uh, a big Google user... We're gonna talk about an alternative that might be better for you. Yes. I, I
1: like my DuckDuckGo.
0: I, I really haven't used it. Oh, okay. Yeah, so uh, we'll, uh, we'll get your expertise <laughs> on, on, on that. Uh, and uh, we'll be talking about China. They are now uh, requiring citizens who want a cell phone plan to have their faces scanned. I know (sighs) you're, you're face palming right now, Graham. Good Lord. I know. But you know, if you buy a cell phone plan now you have to provide identification, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, there's, there's something about, uh, perhaps my driver's license number that isn't, I don't know, my face. So how much, but is it that different? It kind of is right. There's this layer of obfuscation. Anyway, we'll talk about it, but we will, uh, it's, it's a pretty big deal over there. Yeah.
0: Let's talk about some of the app uh, news uh, this uh, week. Uh, (laughs) This one was kind of interesting. Uh, Finally, there's an official Craigslist app. Ta-da! So now they can bring that crappy interface to an app.
1: (laughs) It
2: only works on a Palm Pilot, though.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Which you can buy lots of on Craigslist. It's really, it's a self-perpetuating business.
0: It's interesting. Uh, I, I use Craigslist quite a bit. Yeah. And I love it and hate it at the same time because... The website is literally, it, it feels like from the 90s. And I
1: mean, there's a bit of a this this moment where the, the desktop version is actually slightly better than the mobile version, but typically you wanna take pictures of things. So you're taking pictures of them on your phone. So you struggle through the mobile version anyway. It kind of is a hate-hate relationship. <laughs> then you get to deal with the other people trying to buy your stuff. Which is a hate-hate-hate relationship. <laughs> so, yeah, unfortunately
0: where we are in uh, British Columbia, Vancouver, Craigslist is kind of the dominant buy and sell app. Mm-hmm. Over in Eastern Canada, I, I believe it's more Kijiji. That's what I hear. Yeah. Which I love Kijiji, but it, it doesn't do as well when I post things mm-hmm. there in, in BC anyways. But what I love about Kiji, uh, Kijiji, it's got a nice interface. Uh, you know, if the post expires, all your information doesn't just evaporate like the pictures and things. I, I, I use Facebook Marketplace myself. Yeah, I don't like everyone on my friends knowing what I'm selling. Well,
2: I don't put everything I want to sell there, but for certain things, it's it's a lot easier and less drama-free. You're not full of no-name lowballers. At least you know their name. Yeah. (laughs) They're going to lowball you.
1: Yeah. Well, and and, I mean, that's really the thing that I found no matter where I am selling things now, I usually will put... Because people are like, is the price firm? I'm like, is water wet? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I, I didn't post this so that I could have a negotiation. I want to sell it. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, Craigslist' strategy is usually what? Put it up for $20, $50 more than you expect to sell it for so that someone can feel like they got a deal. Right? <laughs> I love playing the game.
0: I know. Well, now there's an app for that uh, available for iOS and in beta for Android. Ooh. So I haven't, tried it yet, but uh, I'm excited. Apparently it's got the same color scheme as the, the website. So black and white. Got it. Yeah. Well, I think there's blue. Ooh, there's blue there. As really well. really stepping out of their comfort zone there. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm interested to try it
1: out. I, I wish that they would maybe take a step further and, and update the web
0: version as well.
1: So here's an interesting thing. I actually found this not too long ago. Your posts don't evaporate. There is an archive post section. Yes, but you can renew. Yes. A hundred percent. Yep. But,
0: at a certain point, it douses all the pictures. so then, if I want to renew, I got to go in and find the pictures again and attach it again to the ad fair. And so, you know, I've got a few things up there at a you know at a time sometimes, and it's just a pain in the butt to go get all the pictures again.
1: You've got a vast empire of like twenty year old electronics up there, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> you know you just okay. sold a Sony ebook reader the other day from like
0: the eighties <laughs> I did I sold an ebook reader. it was the you know the one of the first sony ones and i paid four hundred dollars for this thing and it, it just it's been sitting in a drawer and i found it i'm like this has got to be worth something anyway i i think i got thirty dollars for it
1: i i expect harrison ford is going to show up in a fedora and be like this belongs in a museum yeah yeah but from 400 <laughs> down to 30 but still you know that's that's a few
0: beers after yeah. work yeah fair but yeah i have drawers full of old old tech i think any tech nerd Yes, and so my wife is just fed up like there's one room in my house it was my office and she just said your time is over (laughs) now it's a
2: craigslist showroom
0: (laughs) (laughs) no she is i had to take it all out so now it's in the garage now my garage is full of literally this 10 year old tech and i'm just i
1: just can't i can't throw it away see the, the nice thing is once it gets old enough it becomes vintage and then you can give it to your friends as gifts hey remember that old record player that you really wanted I've got one for you.
0: So, you know, the funny story is I use Craigslist all the time for like, I've got these old video cards, you know, these old <laughs> ATI Radeon video cards. And I don't know why I have so many. Well, I guess because we're a tech show. Yeah. Um, But they, again, have been sitting in a drawer and I've been selling them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So maybe I'm getting 15 or
1: $20. But... I think we should set up Mike's Garage on Facebook Marketplace. And so that <laughs> no. people in the audience can just out no, and make it an offer. Then all my friends will
0: know I'm a weirdo tech hoarder. And Mike, like, oh, they oh already my know. God, they he's, know. Selling, he's trying to sell a Palm Pilot. <laughs> What's <laughs> wrong with him?
1: It's OK, there's a Craigslist app for but it that's now. Right.
0: No, but again, you would be surprised that there is this large community out there that still likes to work with the old tech. Yeah, hoarders. Well, uh, <laughs> one man's tech junk is another man's tech treasure right it's what we're saying okay another story plex this is uh an app that uh i have just fallen in love with it's been around for many years it allows you to basically share your content on your different devices your smart tvs and your mobile devices well they're really trying to up the streaming game now by offering a free tv and movie service really yeah
1: where so- do they get the content <laughs> Public domain <laughs> No Okay <laughs> Okay Stick is it with an eye patch. <laughs> is it A-list
0: content No you, But you're getting like C-list content Like the Turkish like version older, Of Star Trek
2: I, I will say Sometimes Those old movies Like I get the On Shaw, They have like that The movie channels That are sorted by decades Right Yeah The 80s movie channel Is actually kind of great Just to have on in the background Okay Because you always find something That is familiar Fun And It's on in the background So you don't care
0: you're really selling this. <laughs> so I look through the the choices there. If you love Tom Berenger or Billy Baldwin, uh, you know, and all their fine movies. Oh yes,
1: my third favorite Baldwin
0: brother. <laughs> there, yes, there is a lot of a lot of their a lot of Bal- Baldwin's of, or? Their, oh, yeah. of their work uh, on on there. Okay, so Plex.
1: Plex does the service have a name is it just like it's Plex it's just Plex streaming it's Plex streaming so Uh, it is ad supported okay
0: yeah so they're trying to be your spot for streaming content essentially and that's the way the world's going right because cable everything's going it's so funny now they're, they're bundling together streaming services now, especially down in the U.S. Well, we did this a couple and of weeks so, ago. And I'm just saying, that's cable TV, <laughs> yeah. essentially.
1: I mean, we, we did this a couple of weeks ago. I think we came We my, did all the math. Like my, my bill came out to like 160 bucks a month. Uh, I mean, the, the main difference now, you, you mentioned Yeah, you that. sure are saving money, you cord cutter. Well, you mentioned ad-supported. <laughs> yes. Right? I haven't watched a commercial outside of waiting for five seconds to elapse on YouTube in probably years. So, oh, yeah.
0: I, I'm looking at your web browser. There's like ads all over that it's (laughs) even more targeted now i've become blind to them so yeah it's interesting i you know how well it do it it can't hurt and just gives you something else to watch if
2: you run out of your your own personal content that you're using plex for it's time for some billy baldwin
0: that's right (laughs) okay we're gonna have to take a break when we come back we have a lot of cool uh app related content to talk about we're going to be chatting about google versus DuckDuckGo. We will also uh, be looking at the top apps of the year. And coming up now, after this break, China now is scanning mobile users' faces for their giant database. You're listening to The App Show here on the Chorus Radio Network, back shortly after this. You're back with The App Show. Mike, John, and Graham here. Before we uh, get to uh, our main story this week about China scanning
1: all their mobile phone users in the country... Let's get our iOS tip of the week. Uh, so our iOS, iOS tip of the week is actually related to robocalls. Are you guys tired of robocalls? I, you know what? I'm getting a lot of them on my cell phone, yeah. either from uh,
0: the Canadian government saying I have uh, done something bad and I owe them money, or
1: WestJet. I've went a lot of cruises. Recently. Oh, cruises.
0: Oh my God. That's yeah. the
1: the next one. Cruises. Yeah. Um, so here's the cool thing. In iOS 13, you can actually kick unknown callers to the curb and silence these calls. Now the calls still come in, but they don't make your phone ring, which is kind of handy. So you go to the settings app, tap phone. You can actually see a little toggle there that says silence unknown callers. Anyone that is not in your database or that isn't broadcasting valid caller ID information will be sent directly to uh your, uh, your missed calls. I, I've got one small tip for you as well. And I know this works on Rogers. I don't know if it works on other carriers. I've noticed that regular people's numbers uh, around here in British Columbia, they're 604 778. They're actually hyphenated. So it'll be 604 555 1212. The spoofed calls are missing the dashes. Quite often, it's like a. a, a somewhere overseas country code that starts to look like 604 or something like that? Here's the interesting thing. In the last two months, these calls have started to say that they're coming from Kelowna. They're coming from Burnaby. They're coming from Surrey. The only indicator now is the fact that those dashes are missing. And every single one that I have checked in the last two weeks, if the dashes are missing, it's them. If I let it go to voicemail, I get the cruise ship honk. So I'm pretty sure this is it. They can't, they can't spoof the dashes. So if you're on Rogers and you see a phone number come up without dashes, don't answer it.
0: Thank you, Graham. That was your iPhone tip of the week. Mm -hmm. I mean, that works for every smartphone. Yeah, really. Uh, Okay. So let's talk about China, China, telecom, telecom operators now are required to scan the faces of people registering new phones. Uh, the mandatory portrait matching uh, officially began uh, this week and means that uh, customers have to record themselves turning their head and blinking if they want to register for a new phone number. This is uh, part of uh, China's overall strategy to combat fraud and tighten down cyberspace controls. They got they got their faces now. So you know the, the challenge I'm having here is uh, what they do with those faces. Yeah because we, we have heard that uh, they want to give all of their citizens a personal social score based on behavior. Uh, and
1: I don't know what they're gonna use that social score for, but... Well, this is sort of an interesting thing, right? Because we're seeing uh, the pervasiveness of closed-circuit television and that CCTV has facial recognition built in. So with this data, you will not be able to go anywhere in china without the government being able to map exactly where you've been
0: i've seen tv shows about this
1: this this is dystopia i I, I will say though they've been
2: able to do this for years Mm -hmm. we're just now they're just making it easier for them to recognize citizens Mm -hmm. um a few years ago i was in shanghai with uh, a friend who left his wallet including his passport in a cab Mm -hmm. and He panicked and we ended up going to the police station in Shanghai and they were able to retrace our steps five hours earlier to the hotel that we started from. No kidding. And tracked our cab across the city using CCT cameras and found the cabbie that had his wallet.
1: See, this sounds like something where people are like, well, the man got his wallet back. This is fantastic. Or they caught this criminal. But I also
2: will say though too is that when I was there for that same trip, I was trying to get a SIM card in China, which was very difficult to do because of the rules that these telecom companies already had. They wanted to actually take my passport and hold that when I created my account for that SIM card. So, but a lot of countries are like that. Right. But I just wanted the SIM card for like the, time, the week I was there. Right? <clears throat> so, so when you say
0: hold your passport, for how long?
2: while i what well, like while i was there give you the sim card you give them the passport give it back i get my passport you're
0: back. like throw me the whip you're whoa, like throw whoa, me the whoa, idol yeah well, so seriously so if you wanted that sim card for the week you'd have to go to that store yeah and they would hold your passport that whole week
1: yeah there is yeah. no, I no said, way i said no way. no way no way there's nothing about china that makes me want to visit right now there really isn't so the here, noodles though here's here's the thing yeah, i was walking noodle houses are fantastic i was walking my dog yesterday right at the corner of Hastings and Abbott. And as I'm standing there, a man crosses the street. He's clearly very angry and he smacks this Volkswagen uh, right on the taillight and the taillight smashes. Oh. Right? And there's a bunch of us standing around and, you know, we, we yelled after the guy, like, what's going on? Wouldn't turn around. we was wearing a hoodie. I couldn't see who this was. Um, and so I was thinking, like, you know, CCC, CCTV would solve this problem, right? Like, we yeah. would have, we would probably have his, his face. We would probably be able to track him down. And then I kind of looked at it and I went is that a power that I want to trust my government with? Right, like do we, do we put up with a certain amount of societal uh, uncomfortability, you know, losing a wallet for the fact that I really don't want them to be able to know where I'm going and what I'm doing. I just feel like that's not something our government should do. But it's also something that I think people have f-
2: discovered all kinds of countermeasures for, whether it be face paint, masks, hoodies, Helmets, all kinds of different things that are specifically designed and colored to mess with facial recognition technology. Mm-hmm.
0: So here's the thing, though. When I I've been in China yep, and we've seen a lot of demonstrations. Uh, we've gone to these, uh, you know, smart cities and, you know, this amazing the information they're tracking. Like so the facial recognition from the CCTV cameras. Uh there's also uh, tracking of vehicles as well. There's this one city where all the um, the motorcycles and mopeds all have tracking systems on them. And you know what? Uh, you know, I asked them about this. I'm like, oh, my God, you're tracking everyone. They're like, yeah, it's not a problem. Like, a lot of the citizens don't care. <laughs> they don't. They. I mean, they've just... They've been, I guess, conditioned over the years to see this as a positive thing to keep an orderly
1: society. And, and, until they're disappeared into a prison camp. Like, we, we really do have to call that out. Is, this is something that is happening there right now. And it's like this beautiful, shining city on the hill. And then suddenly you're not allowed to be there anymore. And where do you go? Uh, it worries me. It worries me a lot. So these CCTV cameras are,
0: are, are everywhere. The US now, per capita, is one of the most... Uh, heavily, I guess, uh, photographed countries in the world now because of CCTV cameras per capita.
1: It's interesting because in their case, they have the highest mass shooting rate in the world. You think they would be able to do something about that beforehand. So we've kind of got these two examples of major superpowers where it's like bad stuff happens over here in the US and we don't hear about bad stuff happening out of China probably because they've got a bit of a lock on their media there. And we do know that people are disappearing over there. It doesn't seem like this actually solves anything at all other than uh, giving the people in charge more information about the stuff that we do. It's all going that way though, Graham. Because they already know. So,
0: I mean, we're making a big deal out of this right now. They're scanning uh, mobile users' faces if they want a new cell phone plan. But they already know everything about you, Graham. If they wanted to track you down, it's they super come. it's super easy. I'm going to look at your Instagram account uh, and your Facebook cat. account. I know everything about you. What you had for lunch? What you had? I know what you had for lunch. Where are you going to be this weekend?
1: Uh, so, so, I mean, is it a is it a big thing anymore? And you volunteered all that. I'm 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 going to Mars with Elon Musk. I'm out of here. <laughs> okay, when we come back
0: from the break, we're talking Google versus duckduckgo. A couple questions there. What is duckduckgo and why should it replace Google? <laughs> back after this. You're back with the App Show. Mike, Graham, and John here. Don't forget to visit our website. Uh, It's at getconnectedmedia.com. It uh, has our video and audio podcasts of the App Show every week and also our sister show, Get Connected. And we've got a great contest going right now. We're giving away an Epson EcoTank printer. This thing is freaking amazing. You buy the printer, and it comes with... Basically, two years of ink, mm-hmm. and when you need to get more ink, you buy bottles. So you, you're not buying cartridges. You save about eighty cartridges.
1: I, I've got to say, this is the the first type of printer that, when I've used it, I don't feel frustrated. No, it's beautiful. I've I've used one for a couple of years now,
0: uh, and I have kids mm-hmm. and. They're awful when it comes to printing. They'll print out full page color photos like it's going out of style. Yeah. And that's costing you a small fortune.
1: And the tanks themselves, like the replacements aren't expensive. The the bottles, no. no. It's about 60 bucks for four bottles, but like for all the colors. But they last a really, really long Two time. Two years. Yeah, versus roughly. some of the competition where I, try, I think the ink is actually more expensive than blood. And like, gold. Yeah, and gas. Yeah, And
0: saffron. <laughs> and saffron.
1: So we're, we're, we're tired of, of, of ink printers. This one's kind of cool.
0: Again, getconnectedmedia.com. If you want to try to enter and win an Epson EcoTank printer, check it out. Uh, Google, biggest search engine in the world. Yes. There are alternatives. We're gonna be talking about uh, DuckDuckGo. Ooh. Explain what DuckDuckGo is for the, the listeners that don't know what that is.
1: Uh, so DuckDuckGo is a search engine that you can set as your default. Uh, in a number of browsers, right? You can set it as your default in Chrome. You can set it as your default in uh, Safari on both iOS and on macOS. And it's a search engine that values your privacy first. Okay. So we should point out it's also the default on a Raspberry Pi
2: if you use one of those.
1: That's correct. Yeah. So if, if you do like your techie stuff, Raspberry Pi has this as the default search engine. And The idea here is that unlike Google, that is building a profile of you with everything that you search, uh, DuckDuckGo does not. And so they have been working at this for, I'd say it's almost a decade now, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, And, and it's actually a really, really cool search tool. It also does some other neat stuff. I don't know if you guys know this, but you can do some cool things. Like if you type in QR and a website address, it'll give you a QR code for that. Kind of bizarre, kind of fun. Um, so there's, there's tons of cool and fun things that you can do with DuckDuckGo. And so the question here is, as a user, is it good enough for you to switch to?
0: Is it, is it, is it Bing? <laughs> <laughs> cause whenever I get Bing, uh, somehow it gets taken over on my browser. Uh, I feel violated. Yeah. And,
1: and that's the thing is like, cause it sucks. I would say DuckDuckGo is not Bing. Um, Given given between the two, I've actually switched to DuckDuckGo on a number of my browsers. Um, Now here's the thing, you can still pop over to Google and use it when you want, Um, but when you're using DuckDuckGo, instead of getting ads at the top of the page, right you get organic search results and i think we've all kind of been guilty of that as we do a google search and we click the first link that we see and you're kind of sitting there going this isn't really exactly what i wanted i wonder why google gave me that you go back and it was an ad yeah um so that's a that's sort of one of the biggest things now that's not to say that DuckDuckGo doesn't have ads right but they are at the bottom of the page and they are not targeted to to you based on your search, uh, on on your search profile.
2: I, I think the key point here is, this is something for people that are really kind of fed up with the privacy issues, having all of their stuff tracked, having the ads, For stuff that they they literally just Googled for, show up in their Facebook, yeah, right, that kind of thing. So uh, DuckDuckGo definitely uh, turns a lot of that stuff off and gives you back your privacy in your browsing, searching history.
1: Yeah, Uh, no. So a lot of folks out there use their search engine to try to find physical locations, right? Um, DuckDuckGo is tied into Bing Maps to start off with. (laughs) Oh, oh, uh, oh, oh, uh, oh. wait, wait, okay, wait. You can actually change it to Google Maps, here Maps or one street map, if you want to, in the settings. So the idea here is that you've actually got a little bit more granular control over your privacy and over it, your life. It sounds, so that this is more aimed at the nerds. Well, and I, I think I that's, mean, can it replace Google for normal people? I, I think that's what Google would really hope people think. Yeah, right. right. Because the question is, you know, when you search for something, do you find the thing that you're looking for? And I'm finding, increasingly, that when I use DuckDuckGo, I am. So, to change this, it's not a it's not a difficult thing, you go into the settings of your browser and there is a drop-down list and you'll actually see Bing, you'll see DuckDuckGo, you'll see Google and a few others. Um, and so being able to just select that, here, here's, the, here's the challenge that I would throw out to our listeners out there. Give this a shot, right? It's actually a fairly effective search engine. If you find that you don't get something, you can switch over just by going to google.ca and seeing if you can search that way. But you know, <clears throat> to answer your question directly, Can this replace Google? Well, no, it can't unless we, as the user base, give it a shot, right? And so it's been going for about 10 years. I started switching over to them about three or four years ago. And I've kind of bounced back and forth in that time, but I'm finding I'm increasingly spending my time more with DuckDuckGo.
0: So you give it a thumbs up.
1: I give it a thumbs up. Yeah, there's, there's, like I said, there's some cool stuff you can do in there. You can make Lorem Epsom texts. Uh, so for writers out there, if you're doing that, you can actually just type in Lorem ipsum and it will give you a chunk of text. Uh, it does QR codes. You can search calendars. You can put a stopwatch in there. It's, it's really neat. And it's free to try. So that's the key point.
0: Can't lose. Okay, we're going to have to take a break. When we come back, we'll be counting down some of the top apps of 2019, again uh, the top apps of 2019. You're listening to the App Show here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this, you are back with the App Show. Mike, John, and Graham here. Let's talk about the uh, the top Apple apps. Yeah, for 2019. Mm-hmm. And uh, if uh, you are an iPhone user or iPad user, these are some uh, fantastic apps that you should try out. Uh, let's start with the iPhone app of the year, and this is one that you've used before, John. Spectra Camera. Yes. Lux optics.
2: Yeah. This is a really cool app that lets you take long exposure photos handheld. So we we were in Paris earlier this year. We went to the Louvre. It's very romantic. Mm. Yeah. It's very, very hot <laughs> date. Yeah. Um, and we want to take a, a nice picture of the, you know, the pyramids in front of, of the, the museum and, um, there's a billion people there. Yeah. So you stand still, you run this app and it basically uses artificial intelligence to sort of, figure out what it needs to capture when there's nobody in that particular spot. And it essentially gives you a long exposure of your scene with no people in it. yeah. So but I'll, handheld
0: is the key word there. That's
2: the key, because normally you would have to do this with a tripod. Because you're
0: just not steady enough.
2: No, and it actually will compensate for all that stuff. And the pictures turn out pretty cool.
1: I've even tried it just on the street in front of the studio Ooh. as well, and it's fantastic. I See, I did this when I was in Greece, and but I actually used a DSLR, I used a tripod, and then I went back into Photoshop and basically equalized all of the differences in the photo. And it does, it erases people, which is fascinating. But that was, I've got to say, like hours of preparation, work to get a couple of photos whereas with specter and I, I mean i've loved using this app it's just hit the button and don't move yeah and it's not like you need to be you know still like a statue just don't bounce around don't turn around <laughs> and 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 you get some really really cool uh photos out of it
2: even if it's not completely people free they turn into more like light streaks almost which actually could
1: add to the photo too yeah so. Um, The the developer of this app also has another another, uh, iPhone app out there called Halide. And so this was one of the first apps that gave users access to the depth camera. Um, And so when the iPhone 7 first came out, being able to take portrait pictures of animals was difficult because it didn't quite get animals yet. Um, And so you could actually use this. This all uh, comes back to your cat, right? My cat pictures, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. It also was the first app, I think, to give you
2: access to the raw image data as well. That's correct. So if you're a photographer typically you would shoot in raw Mm -hmm. not a compressed format and this was one of the first ones to unlock
0: that functionality so this app john spectra camera is this one you would use every time you're taking pictures or kind of more specialized i
2: i i I save it for those unique locations where you really want to have a good shot that you can't get because there's too many people around or too much other things moving uh this allows you to get rid of that movement and have like a not a ghost town, but a very different look to that scene than you typically see, especially like on Instagram and other places. For sure.
0: Let's move over to the iPad app of the year, and it is Flow by the people at Moleskin. Yeah. Everyone uh, probably knows what a Moleskin is, like the little uh, books that you write in. Yeah. They've got Moleskin stores. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, well, they have an iPad app as well. You can uh, draw and sketch in their digital notebook
1: app. So this is great also for people that have an Apple Pencil. Yeah, and honestly, this is a really, really fun app. Uh, The one thing that I found that went really well with this is I've got a matte screen cover for my iPad Pro, and it gives uh, just a little bit of resistance on the Apple Pencil. That plus this app really gives you the feeling like you're writing in a notebook and drawing in a notebook. It's actually, it's, it's it's a great little app. That's the transition
0: I have to, to make because I do take notes, mm-hmm. believe it or not. Uh, but it's it's still traditionally on paper, mm-hmm. but I love my iPad and I've got the Apple Pencil. It's just, I, I got
1: to take this mind leap to, to get more into taking notes on the iPad. We should get you one of these matte screen covers. Because again, what I found when I first started to try to take notes on the iPad was the slick surface. Um, didn't really match the cadence of my writing. We've been writing on paper for years. I imagine, you know, kids that are growing up nowadays that the first place that they write is on a flat surface with no no resistance. They probably have more trouble on paper. But this is actually a good way for us to make the transition from the analog into the digital.
0: Let's look at the uh, Mac app of the year. This is uh, called Affinity Publisher from Serif Labs. I don't know if you've tried this one before. I have, yeah,
1: yeah. Affinity's doing some really you guys have great used stuff. Every single one of these apps, <laughs> know, I'm it's, like looking at some of them. Like I never heard of this one. <laughs> you, you nerds. Well, okay, Affinity is doing some really great space uh, things in this space, and they're they're challenging Microsoft. They're challenging Adobe at really so what, really low prices. What
0: would they compete against? What uh, programs so, or apps?
1: So this one here. Um, you know there was Microsoft Publisher. Yep. Um, Apple has their own Pages app, which I would put this up there with Pages. You love Pages. I love Pages. Me too. Yeah. I mean, I I wrote I a novel in Pages, literally. Yeah. So it's it's a it's a great piece of software. But Affinity is quite powerful, and if you kind of like the ability to sort of turn dials and flip switches, uh, Affinity actually gives you some very granular control over your document publishing. Uh, I've got a friend of mine right now who's putting together a photo book. Um, And he's building it in Affinity Publisher. And so for the listeners, is this like a beginner entry? You have to be more advanced to use it? I think you can start out as a beginner and yeah. it will walk you through them a the more complex stuff.
2: It has all the, the functionality that you could ever grow into.
0: But it'll help make your, whatever you're making look professional. Yes.
2: Yeah. And they have a whole suite of products, like Graham said, that kind of compete against Adobe, for example. So they have a Photoshop comparable product they have a illustrator comparable product. so depending on what you're trying to do and this particular publishing uh publisher app it can all bring all those different things in together
0: let's look at uh, some of the best games of 2019 the iphone game of the year sky children of the light, we've talked about this one.
1: We have indeed, I, I love this game. It's, it's really fun, it's got this fun sense of exploration and adventure. This is from the same people that brought us Journey, they brought us Flower, they brought us Flow. Um, so these cool, really neat games of being able to explore these beautiful stylized worlds. Um, honestly, I, I can't recommend this one enough. I haven't played it yet,
0: so I'm gonna try, try this out. IPad game, iPad game of the year, uh,
1: Hyper Light Drifter by Abby Light SL. This one's really interesting because the developer actually wrote the game about his struggle with his heart condition. Okay. And so it's sort of a, it's a 16-bit version of Zelda and kind of crossed with Dark Souls. So it's quite challenging. Um, But as an action adventure game, it's quite good. I will say that if you are going to play this game, the touch controls, not my favorite. So if you're going to do it with iOS 13, you can pair it up with an Xbox, an Xbox controller, a PlayStation controller, or any Bluetooth controller. To your iPad. To your iPad. You'll you'll have a much better experience with that. But I, the, the story of this game, it's a little hard to kind of tease out, but it, it's actually quite meaningful.
0: You know, my favorite part of this segment right now is every app that we're talking about, Graham's got like some detailed story. <laughs> oh, the developer here was, uh, you know, it's around his heart condition. I'm like, where do you have the time? <laughs> like Seriously. <laughs>
1: It's okay. I've got an app for
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> you weirdo. Okay. We are going to have to take another break. Don't forget to visit our website uh, for the app show. It's called getconnectedmedia.com. It's got our video and audio podcasts, not only for this program, but our sister show as well, Get Connected. You can hear that uh, every Saturday here on Global News Radio, CKNW 980, and across the Chorus Radio Network. And we're giving away an Epson printer an eco tank printer get connectedmedia.com. check it out when we come back from the break it's uh, john's app pick of the week stay tuned you are back with the app show we've uh, got a little bit of time left to uh, check out john's app pick of the week what do you got this week it's called foodie foodie and that's everyone what, loves taking photos of their food <laughs> well that's what the camera was made for on the that's
1: smartphone
2: that's right <laughs> So this is, uh, it's called Foodie Camera for Your Life. This is for Android and iOS and it's free. So if you like taking photos of your meals, like who doesn't, uh, this lets you document their preparation. Uh, it gives you all kinds of filters, live filters that you can try before you actually take your photo. They, they have 30 live fi- uh, filters uh, and you can shoot photo and video with this particular app. I'm always like, concerned about using a filter with food? Because sometimes I that's, see people...
0: That's your, that's your life problem? <laughs> it, it, it is. Okay. Because
2: sometimes people take photos of their food and it's like, that looks disgusting. Yeah. But I know what it actually looked like in real life. And I'm like, why would you post that photo? It looks horrible. Because you use a, like a, a dumb filter.
1: Is, is that about the filter or is that just about the taste of the person who's taking the picture?
2: Well, could throwing
1: be. a little shade here, but... Yeah, okay. I don't know. Uh, anyway, so um, you can
2: preview everything with this app Mm -hmm. to make sure it doesn't look like some kind of garbage. (laughs) And it even uses your phone's gyroscope to tell you when you're holding it perfectly level for those coveted top-down shots. Oh, I like that. So if you're
0: an Instagrammer, uh, would you use this? Probably. Yeah. You wouldn't just use Instagram photo? No. No.
2: Nobody uses the the camera app that's built into Instagram. They use their own camera apps. Oh,
0: so I'm a loser. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. God, we can fix you. We've it's got It's so goodies. easy to become a loser in the digital age, <laughs> like overnight. Uh, so this one is foodie. Foodie. And again, free for uh, Android and iOS. You know, it's interesting talking about food. Uh, I've been playing around uh, with uh, my Huawei uh, smartphone. Uh, you know, the I think it's the P30. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they've got that feature on, which it can detect what you're taking a picture of. Yes. It is freaking amazing. Like, it's when it comes to food. I was trying it out at uh, a dinner the other night, and it's pretty good. It. It, it, it's because you'll take a picture and it'll tell you, oh, that's broccoli or that's an apple. Yeah. And then try to give you the calorie count as well.
1: Neat. Wow. You need to tie that in with the facial recognition. That's Brock
0: Lee. <laughs> <laughs> Brock Lee. Oh, that's bad. That's a really bad joke. Very, very yeah. soil and green. Not <laughs> um, <laughs> <is> for dads. <laughs> okay. That's all the time we have left for the app show. Want to thank you for tuning in today. Don't forget to hit our website. We're giving away an Epson Eco Tank printer. Again, uh, getconnectedmedia.com. You've got to check it out. This is Mike, Graham, and John logging off. We'll see you again next time. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, Tune in Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.